This is Anchor Points with Robert Quintana. God wants us to be happy. Every week, helping you discover the answers to some of life's biggest questions. There is a purpose for our lives. And applying them to help you grow closer in your walk with God. Messages straight from the pulpit of Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church of Frederick, Maryland. What's going to drive you to your knees? Is it going to be fear or is it going to be love? Feel free to discover more like this at AriseForGod.com. The law is the law, right? I mean, most people tend to go over the speed limit, but it doesn't make it legal. You know that if you've ever been pulled over. And no doubt, the majority of Christians observe Sunday as the Sabbath. But did the law of God change? You're talking about the Ten Commandments? Yes, the actual Ten Commandments. The original stone tablets that Moses brought down out of Montero and smashed, if you believe in that sort of thing. So, it's there in God's law, but isn't God cool as long as I'm observing a day of rest in His name? There is so much more evidence, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, that The day of rest or the day that we should keep holy is Sabbath. That's Robert Quintana. And today, he continues with the second part of his message, delving deeper into why Seventh-day Adventists observe the Seventh-day Sabbath and what it means with part two of Beyond Beliefs, A Day of Wonder. I want to thank you for joining us again for part two of this sermon series on the Sabbath, entitled A Day of Wonder. You know, I run into a lot of people uh, throughout the week and, you know, in my travels that when they find out that I'm a pastor, the first thing they want to know is, well, you're a pastor of what religion? What denomination? What faith group? And I say Seventh-day Adventist. And almost always the response is Seventh-day what? Well, what is that all about? Say, well, what do you guys believe? I say to them, well, we're a Protestant Christian denomination. We believe in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for our sins. We believe that he died on the cross for our sins. And it is through him, faith in him, by the grace that he extends to us, that we have an opportunity to live eternally um, with him. We have more in common than we have differences. You know, there's a lot of things that we have um, in common. Um, as far as Christians. I said, but the one thing that really, you know, makes us stand out more than anything is that we observe the seventh day Sabbath. That is from Friday sunset to Saturday sunset. And a lot of times that doesn't compute with most Christians. You see, because a lot of times to be a Christian in today's culture, in today's society, means that you go to church on Sunday and that you keep Sunday as a sacred day. And that Sabbath is more of an Old Testament thing. It's more of a Jewish thing. So it doesn't make sense to them. You call yourself Christians, Protestant Christians, but yet you observe the Seventh-day Sabbath. What is that all about? And so this series is intended to try and help people understand why it is that Seventh-day Adventists keep the Seventh-day Sabbath. We've been looking at passages in Scripture Uh, This is part two. If you missed part one, you can go to our website, ariseforgod.com or .org, and you can listen to part one of that. And there is a part three that we're going to share with you next time we're together. But this series is intended to try and help you understand the mind of a Seventh-day Adventist, why it is that we observe and rest on the Seventh-day Sabbath. 
Last time we were together, we looked at a passage that I'd like for you guys to turn with me, if you have your Bibles, Genesis chapter 2. It really starts and ends right here for Seventh-day Adventists. Genesis chapter 2, verse 1, says this, And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Verse 3, Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. It really does start and end there for Seventh-day Adventists. If you want to try and get a Seventh-day Adventist to start observing Sunday as a day of worship or the day of rest, you have to go to these two verses and you have to try and take the legs from underneath these two verses because it really starts right here. Primarily for two reasons. And let me give you those two reasons again. We kind of went more in depth in part one, but in review, the two reasons are this. Number one, the Sabbath was given to mankind, not to the Jews. It's an argument that I hear often. Well, the Sabbath was for the Jews. Well, not really. When you go back to the book of Genesis, it was given to mankind. Jews weren't in the picture for another hundreds, hundreds of years after this. So here we see God giving the Sabbath to mankind, not the Jews. The second reason why this is important is because here we see God giving the Sabbath to mankind before sin. Did you notice that? It was given before sin. And the reason why that's important to Seventh-day Adventists is because the book of Romans says that the law was given to reveal sin. In other words, the law was given for us to be able to understand what sin is and what sin looks like. That's the reason why the law was given. And so here, the Sabbath is much more than just a law to Seventh-day Adventists. It is more of a gift that was given to mankind before sin. You know, I understand what, what some would say. Well, you know, the laws were done away with at the cross. Seventh-day Adventists believe that as well. We just believe that when it says that, it's referring to the sacrificial laws, to the laws involving the temple and the sanctuary, that yes, indeed, those laws were fulfilled in Christ, in his sacrifice. Therefore, all of those laws were done away with, not the Sabbath. You see, the Sabbath was given before sin. It was given as a gift. And so it's really hard for Seventh-day Adventists to, to think past these two points as we think about which day is the day that we need to observe or we should observe. Because early on here at, at creation, we see that Jesus gave the Sabbath as a gift to mankind. It was a gift that he gave to them. And that's why it is so important. You know, there are two institutions that were given at creation. The first one is marriage, which is the celebration between a man and a woman, the celebration of them coming together. And then we have the institution of the Sabbath, which Seventh-day Adventists see as a celebration or a coming together of God and man. And so, for a Seventh-day Adventist, it really starts and ends with this text. But you see, friends, it doesn't just end there. 
Because there is so much more evidence, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, that the day of rest or the day that we should keep holy is Sabbath. And next time we're together in part three of this sermon series, we're going to look at a lot more New Testament texts that talk about the Sabbath. And we will help you understand a little bit better why it is that Seventh-day Adventists observe the Seventh-day Sabbath. But I want to share with you yet another Old Testament text that will help you understand even better why it is that Seventh-day Adventists place such a big emphasis on the Seventh-day Sabbath. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 20. And some of you are already saying, I knew he would go there. Whenever I've had discussions with Seventh-day Adventists, they go to this text. A lot of you who are Seventh-day Adventists, you know this text, right? Exodus chapter 20, uh, there starting with verse 1, we have the Ten Commandments, right? The Ten Commandments. We're going to start reading verse 8. But before we do that, I just want to point out that these words were spoken by God and written down by God. You ever heard the saying, well, it's not written in stone. In, in other words, you know, um, we might do it differently moving forward. It's not written in stone. Well, guess what? The Ten Commandments were written in stone. Literally. Not just once, but twice. And the Bible says, by the finger of God. So just keep that in mind as we read the fourth commandment which starts in verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. That's a part of the commandment, by the way, that we don't always focus on. You know, the commandment does say to rest on the seventh day, but it also says to work six days. Yeah, we don't often like to focus on the working six days, right? But that's part of the commandment, right? It says, six days you shall labor and do all your work. Verse 10, listen closely. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. Now see, friends, it doesn't just say there is a Sabbath. It doesn't just say to keep a Sabbath. This commandment is very specific, is it not? It says, six days you shall work, but... The seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. You nor your son nor your daughter nor your male servant nor your female servant nor your cattle nor your stranger who is within your gates. So you might, this might now explain to you why your Seventh-day Adventist neighbor never mows his grass on Sabbath. Why it is that he always waits till Sunday. This might explain to you why it is that most Seventh-day Adventists that you know seem to take a hiatus on Sabbath. And Seventh-day Adventists make it a point to spend those 24 hours with family, with friends, and most importantly, with God, building that relationship with Him. Listen to verse 11 because it gives us the reason why this is. For in six days... The Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. 
Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. In other words, he made that day holy. Maybe now you're starting to understand why the Seventh-day Sabbath is so important to Seventh-day Adventists. You can see here that in the fourth commandment, it is tied back to the creation story. Here it says, this is the reason why you shall keep this day holy. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Folks, it it doesn't make sense to me or to most Seventh-day Adventists why you would choose to change one commandment and say that the other nine stand true to this day. When others have attempted to change other commandments, you know, we go, what? You can't do that. It is the Ten Commandments of God. I mean, they are written in stone by his finger, not once, but twice. But then we get, you know, to talking and then all of a sudden, it's okay to change the fourth commandment. These are huge hurdles for Seventh-day Adventists to have to jump over to, to try and convince them that we should be observing Sunday or the first day of the week. Now listen, you may disagree with what I'm saying. You have every right to. I'm just saying these things to help you understand from a Seventh-day Adventist perspective why the Seventh-day Sabbath is important. Here you have it not only in creation, but now you have it as part of the Ten Commandments of God, the Fourth Commandment. Now we're going to look at a few verses in the New Testament just so that you understand the relationship that Jesus had with the commandments. And so I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 14, verse 6 and 7. And I'd like to read this to you. And I want you to pay close attention again to the connection back to creation. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, To every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, pay close attention to verse 7, saying with a loud voice, now remember, here we have the three angels' message. This is the first of three messages that will go out to the world before his return. Verse 7, saying with a loud voice, fear God. And this word here means to be in awe of God. Fear God and give glory to him. For the hour of his judgment has come. And worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. There again, a tie back to the creation story. This is why the Sabbath is so important. We see it as a gift that God has given us way back at creation. And here we see, once again, God reminding us to worship him for what reason? Because he is creator. He is the one that created us and sustains us even to this day. I'd like for you to read verse 12 with me. Revelation chapter 14, verse 12. Here is the patience of the saints, speaking of those in the end of time. Here are those 
who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Now, I know that we can discuss all day long the meaning of commandments here. In other words, which commandments or what commandments is it referring to here in Revelation chapter 14, verse 12? Is it talking about the Ten Commandments? Is it talking about perhaps all of the commandments that were given in Leviticus and Deuteronomy and in the Old Testament? Is it perhaps the commandments that Jesus spoke of while he was here on earth? We can debate this all day long. Let's just keep an open mind and open heart here and remember the big picture that at the end of time, the saints are those who, what? Keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Well, I'd like to turn to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. What relationship did Jesus have to the commandments? John chapter 14, verse 15, says this. And this is Jesus speaking here. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. The reason why this verse is important to Seventh-day Adventists is because I've heard so many people say, well, as a Seventh-day Adventist, you don't believe in grace or you don't believe in the love of Christ for humanity. That is not true. As a Seventh-day Adventist, I fully believe that my sins have been justified only because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And I love Jesus dearly. And I cannot wait to the day where I see him face to face and I get to fall down at his feet and worship him. I cannot wait for the day where he wraps his arm around me. We love Jesus dearly. And we so appreciate beyond measure and beyond words his great sacrifice for us and for humanity. That through him, he provided a way out of this mess we call sin. That he is a God that not only redeems, but he restores. And all of that was made possible because of his love for us. And so as a Seventh-day Adventist, when I hear someone say that to me, I cringe because I say, no, you don't understand. We love Jesus too. But when we read verses like, if you love me, verse 15, keep my commandments. And as a Seventh-day Adventist, we see that fourth commandment. The fourth commandment, which talks about working six days, resting on the seventh day. We read about him making that day holy, sanctifying it, setting it aside. And so as a Seventh-day Adventist, my observance of the Sabbath isn't because I want to be saved. My observance of the Sabbath isn't because I think I'm going to chalk up brownie points with Jesus My observance of the Sabbath is simply because I love him, because I have fallen in love with him, and our interpretation of that is the Ten Commandments, and, you know, the Ten Commandments, and included in that is the Fourth Commandment, which talks about the observance of the Seventh-day Sabbath. I want to read one last verse with you here today. It's found in Matthew 
Matthew chapter 22, just again so that you can understand from a Seventh-day Adventist perspective why we think the Sabbath is so important. Matthew chapter 22, starting with verse 34. Again, a very interesting interaction between Jesus and the religious leaders of the day. Verse 34 says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, a lawyer. And they were no good back then either. They were up to no good back then either. I'm just joking, you know. I have many lawyer friends. Verse 34, then one of them, they couldn't debate, right? They couldn't catch Jesus. So they, they went to a lawyer and said, look, you, you have a way with words. You have a way of cornering someone into saying something that maybe they don't mean or that they don't want to say. And so they find a lawyer and the lawyer asks him a question, testing him, you see, because they wanted Jesus to say something that was, that was blasphemous. They wanted Jesus to say something that would prove that, that he wasn't in the up and up and to give them reason to either throw him in jail or to kill him. And so here they're testing him again. Now listen to this. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? A good discussion to have is, what's he referring to here? What commandments are we talking about here? Are we talking about the Ten Commandments? Are we talking about all the commandments that were given in the Old Testament? What commandments is he talking about here? It's important, however, to see how Jesus responds to this. He says in verse 37, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it, he says. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says in verse 40, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So Jesus once again outwitted them. Jesus once again, by speaking truth to them, was able to avoid persecution or imprisonment or death at this time. If you love God because of the way that he has loved you, Folks, you cannot help but to love your neighbor in the same way. When you experience the forgiveness and grace that God extends to you, you cannot help but to extend that same forgiveness and grace to others who have wronged you. Now check this out. We know that the first four commandments of the Ten Commandments deal with what? Our relationship with God, right? The last six commandments of the Ten Commandments deal with what? Our relationship with on a horizontal plane, our relationship with mankind. So in the Ten Commandments, we have this vertical relationship in the first four. Then we have this horizontal relationship in the last six. And here Jesus says that in these two commandments, to love God, to love your neighbor, hang all the law and all the prophets From a Seventh-day Adventist perspective, we do not see that Jesus ever came to destroy the law and the prophets. In fact, Matthew tells us that he didn't come. He says, I have not come to destroy the law, but to what? To fulfill it. 
And so there are just so many um, obstacles for a Seventh-day Adventist to have to get over in order to us, for us to take hold of this idea of the first day of the week as being the day that God has blessed and set aside for worship. You have the fact that it was given at creation. You have the fact that it was then given in, in, as part of the law, of part of the Ten Commandments. You get to the New Testament, and this is what we're going to look at in part three of this sermon series. We get to the New Testament, and there is just no evidence whatsoever that God changed the day of rest or the day of worship from Saturday to Sunday. It's just not there. And, and they do not talk about observing the, the first day of the week. We're also going to look at some of the arguments for worshiping on the first day of the week. And then you make the decision. You weigh it all out. And at the end of the day, you may still not agree with Seventh-day Adventists, but I promise you that at the end of the day, you're going to have a different perspective. So I hope you choose to join us for part three of this series as we continue to explore this day of wonder, as we continue to explain what Adventists believe and why. I hope to see you there. You've been listening to Anchor Points with Robert Quintana, a ministry of Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church of Frederick, Maryland. If you would like to hear or share this message and find others like it, you can subscribe to our podcast at ariseforgod.com or by searching Anchor Points on iTunes. You can also follow Anchor Points on Facebook. So the last two weeks, we've looked at what the Bible has to say about the Seventh-day Sabbath. Well, next week, Robert Quintana looks at what the Bible says about the first day of the week. How in the world did we get to the observance of Sunday as a day that God sanctified? How did we get there? That's next week in part three of Beyond Beliefs, A Day of Wonder. We appreciate you listening. This program is produced by Word of Mouth Productions in cooperation with Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church. And remember, God loves you and wants you to live out His purpose. His purpose.